Hello, Country Smackdown listeners, and welcome back to another episode of the number one Country Smackdown podcast, the podcast where we take two number one Country Smash hits and put them head-to-head against each other in a Country Smackdown. But here's the catch. One is a number one song from this current decade, 2010 to the present, and the other is the same week and month of a previous decade so that we can evaluate trends and differences of number one country songs throughout the decades. And as always, I'm joined by my amazing co-host, the man, Mr. Andrew Baker. How are you today, sir? Amazing. Uh, you might be overselling a little bit, but uh, I'm, I'm good, man. How are you? I am good. Thanks again for coming back for another episode. The listeners appreciate it most of all. Man, um, had a great interview with Jason Haig on the last episode. That was rad. He is cool. Um, doesn't like country music at all. Loves his kind of indie folk. And um, yeah, um, he referenced uh, a band he likes called the Oh Hellos. You like the Oh Hellos? You ever even heard of them? I'm not familiar. Okay. No. Yeah. I haven't heard of them either. They sound very welcoming though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, that was fun. Hey, uh, we're starting to get some engagement on the socials, heard from a couple people. In particular, I had a message from an old friend of mine uh, in uh, up in Tacoma. Adam, if you're listening, this is for you. You wanted us to talk about the, the rise in country trap, or also known as trailer trap. In particular, what do we do with Old Town Road and the get-up? And I wrote back... Um, I, maybe we'll get there at some point, but uh, I don't know. What are what are your just what are your immediate reactions on um, Old Town Road and the Get Up? Uh, you know, I would have to I'd have to hear more of of kind of what what Blanco Brown does. Uh, my understanding, though, is uh, uh, man, this is a whole thing. This is a whole thing for me. Yeah, um, let's keep it. Keep it short. You know, <laughs> uh, basically, Lil Nas X is is a dude that started out doing like funny videos on you know TikTok or whatever it is, sure, and decided you know I'm gonna do this goofy quote unquote country song, and he he's a rapper. That's what he is. He did a thing that was a little bit different. Yep. It charted, they took it down, then he did a remix with Billy Ray Cyrus, so then it showed up on the country chart again, because now it is country, because Billy Ray Cyrus, I guess. Um, Other side of the coin is that, um, you know, again, like I said, I I haven't dug super deep on it, um, but my understanding is that Blanco Brown actually is signed to a country label. Yeah, I think I saw Broken Bow, which is like Jason Aldean and... A number of others. Yeah, so that that to me, um, you know, like I said, I need to hear more of of kind of what he does and why he's 
he's on the record label that he he's on um before you know before i can really come to a conclusion i i can you know um i don't like old town road <laughs> same here uh i the get up uh is it's um it's a throwaway like wedding reception follow follow the directions and do this goofy dance type thing yep um i agree you know so so it's merit as a song is is very much not there um but it is what it is and it exists you know to kind of facilitate that purpose in a certain setting um so yeah. Yeah. The jury's out on that one. Yeah, we shall see. So, I, Adam, there you go. There's your commentary. Very brief commentary on Old Town Road and the Get Up. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we'll see, you know, if we ever kind of touch base more on that. But don't stop listening. Adam, I mean, you it, might hear other things that we cover that you enjoy. In a, in a sense, I mean, we, we sort of have uh, talked about some of the steps in previous episodes that have led to this particular moment yep. with, with, you know, all of the, the collaborations with Nelly that have happened and, and things like that. It's the so, fourth reference he's been referencing so, every episode so far. <laughs> that's, that's the thing is Nelly, Nelly is our Easter egg now. <laughs> where, where is he going to be at mentioned in every episode? Oh my gosh. Um, A pineapple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So so yeah, I mean, I think it's it's part of that same that same trend in a way. Uh, I just don't I don't know where it's going, yeah. and and I don't like what is coming out of it so far. Right? Does that make sense? It, like it does. I do. I don't. I, it makes sense. I understand. I don't like where it's going either. Yeah. I mean, I I guess in, in a way, like if we just take the lyrics away and and compare the sound of the two songs, I probably would. Would rather hear the get up same versus Old Town Road, but I mean, <sighs> man, we're, I mean, we we can go backward and start like, where does Colt Ford fit into this discussion and right. like Moonshine Bandits and Gangsta Grass and yep, you know who is it that that does the the theme song for Justified? I mean, this is this is not necessarily a new thing. It's no. just you know, it's a different version of something that's been going on for a while. Yeah, but it was underground before, and you had to seek it out and stuff. Right, yeah. and and I think a lot of the the narrative right now with with you know um, some of the blogs and websites and and other podcasts and stuff is is obviously the racial aspect of things because everybody else that did it before was white, and yeah. so you know this is different. And if you don't like it, you're a racist or whatever. Sure, um, yeah. You know, obviously that's that's not the case, but you know, it is what it is. Things change, things move on. Um, you don't have to like it, but it's here. There you go. There you go. Speaking of blogs and websites and stuff, uh, listeners, if you're just friends of of Andrew and mine, and and are listening to this, and this is your foray or intro into country music, just because you want to hear us talk, but not because you like it, and but you're interested, I definitely recommend a website and Facebook page and stuff called Saving Country Music. Super good, and um, Grady not, Smith. Not uh, not suitable for work. Not suitable for work. If kids. if you're uh, sensitive to uh, adult language, maybe not SavingCountryMusic.com. You know he's gotten a lot better. He do, he it does. It used to be his um, shtick, and now not so much. Yeah, I mean, he gets he gets a little upset 
sometimes yeah. and lets that out in his his writing yeah sometimes and then the clean version is grady smith who does youtube videos and now a podcast breaking down country music stuff that's really good anyway we digress you had a friend that wrote in and we're going to address that near the end of the episode so stay tuned listeners it was for a specific request that we are going to honor and we'll touch on that here at the end of the episode before we get into this week's smackdown which i am really excited about because i love both the songs i want to find out what they're, you they're both tens like they're both tens yeah what good sir mr baker are you listening to this week uh, in, in an interesting turn of events, there have actually been a few albums out the last few weeks that I, I really enjoyed. Um, so, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, um, not to, not to dig too deep on, you know, what's out there and what's not, I, w- I will say, um, you know, um, uh, maybe I should hold off for the next episode where we talk about Casey Donahue a little bit, but, uh, you know, a lot of the, the traditional, movement in country music a lot of people are championing tyler childers right now yeah um i can take him or leave him Uh, it's just me same i'm I'm not a huge sturgill simpson fan either same you know and i know you know there are people who who love those dudes and you know that's your thing i listened to a little bit of the tyler childers song i'm i'm like super turned off by the the um ever loving hand that has been talked about in, in a few blogs and stuff. Um, you know, I just don't want to hear songs with that kind of content personally. Um, so like as far as my, my more traditional leanings or red dirt leanings, uh, I definitely, uh, am listening to Casey Donahue right now rather than Tyler Childers. Yep. Um, but we'll, t- we'll talk about him a little bit later. My pick for this week though, uh, is a dude that I was very, um, you know, I was unsure what to expect. He's a guy whose first album I loved. Agreed. Second album was pretty solid. Yep. And then, and then he kind of followed the trend of, of everybody else who has a big debut in country music. You know, I could say the same thing for Luke Bryan. Yeah, who totally. I de- who I despise now. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, Justin Moore promised his fans that his new album would be his most traditional sounding album of his career so far. And I listened to that thing on repeat for for several days, and I uh, I'm really appreciative that he didn't break his promise. I am very pleased with with his new album. And uh, so my my pick for this uh, this episode is uh, Jesus and Jack Daniels off the new Justin Moore album. Very good. You you told me about the the new album coming out, and I had seen some media press, and I have been meaning to listen to it because I really liked all his previous stuff, except the last one's just a little. Uh, he he diverged from where he shouldn't have. But anyway, so uh, I'm excited, but I haven't listened to it yet. I've just been, you know, working on this and other things and haven't had a minute. So You're in for a treat. I believe it. Let's take a minute and listen to a little bit of Jesus and Jack Daniels. Now, it's supposed to be like, what are you listening to that may not become a number one hit or be on the radio uh, to introduce people to new music? So we'll just have to see. You might be. Yeah, you know, I don't know. This Violating the standard. I, I don't know if this song is going to appeal to a broad enough audience to to be a hit. I, I know um, 
He's he's definitely got some radio play already off of this album with, uh, what is it, The Ones Who Didn't Make It Back Home. I like the sound of that. And uh, Is it a war song? I think Why We Drink is starting to get a little bit coverage. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah it is. Oh, I like war songs. Uh, so it's a good tune, but but yeah, I figured I'd go with something that was a little bit more uh, catered to my taste and, uh, and a little more under the radar. There you go. Well, let's take a minute, and uh, if uh, listeners, you enjoy it, check it out, and then send us a note what you liked about it or didn't like. All right, here it is. Nice instrumental opening. I like it. It's got a nice soft, like the brushes on the snare sound. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that pot. Mm. I love this so far. Yeah. Very, very simple chorus, but, yeah. but there's meat there, you know? There certainly is. Wow. Yeah, that is good. All right. Dang, man, that is a, uh, that is a, that is a great song. Yeah, well, I want to know what you think, because like I said, I've, I've had this song in, in heavy rotation for a couple weeks now, so... You know, I love it. I have, I have, a, a, you know, a couple different thoughts. Thought one, I love the instrumentation and I love the vocals. Um, I love the simplicity of it. And, um, but it, it feels like, you know, it's kind of been done before. Like the melody line and the chording is, you know, as standard as you can get for a country song, which I think is great. I love that. I don't like when people mess with a formula that works really well. So I love that about it as well. Um, but songs like this, you know, just getting a little bit more personal here than, than before on the episode song like this, they they always hit me in a unique way. You know, having a dad who was a drinker who died at 52, you know, it's been, uh, 15 years now. Songs like this still just gut punch me all the the time. When when I first heard it, um, I, I, the first, the first thing that came to mind was, uh, my saving grace off of Jamie Johnson's first album. Yeah, and then um, probably the Bible in the Belt, Bucky Covington. Yeah, and you know, you know, not same s- idea. Not in, not in terms of sound, but right. but the themes of the song. Um, you know, and and I love these songs. Like thematically, they yeah they you know they resonate with me, and you know. Uh, Kind of the kind of the same thing that you were you were saying just a minute ago, you know, with with the uh, the dad that drank and that kind of thing. Although you know, mine was you know didn't didn't leave a lot of positivity, right? Uh, which which actually and I'm gonna gut punch you here which, in just a which, second which, with my pick, <laughs> which kind of leads into your pick for the week. Yeah, who knew? Um, but um, you know, 
um, yeah, I mean, this is this is this is a great song as far it as is. I'm concerned. Yeah, and, totally good. And I would love to hear more like it. And, yeah, and I'd also love to hear uh, you know listeners' thoughts on it. You know. Yep. So go, go check it out. Listen to the whole thing and and let us know what you think. Well, my pick for this week is a dude named Tyler Wood. I don't know how I found him. He just showed up like in my newsfeed or in a YouTube recommended, like, if you like this, then you'd like this. Uh, Tyler Wood, I'd never heard of him. The song was called Dad, and I thought I would check it out. Uh, he's a dude from Kentucky, out of Nashville now. He was a cast member on a TV show called Moonshiners, like Discovery Channel. I'd never seen it. Uh, then he started really? doing music. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And now he's doing doing music. And that's pretty good. His messages are just always really they're positive. You know, he talks about being a religious guy, even though he's into Moonshiners TV and whatnot. So his songs are instrumentally they're pretty fresh and clean, vocally same. It's pretty good. Yeah. Well let's give it a listen. Let's take a minute and check it out. Here it is. Tyler Wood, the song's called Dad. He's got a good vocal. Teacher, strong, steady leader, firm hand shaker. Never met a stranger, tough as steel, hard to go. It took a while, but now I know all the little life lessons. But you never expected. He's got one of those voices, like it sounds familiar, but I can't think of a comparison. Yeah, I agree. I could never say enough through the downs and the ups. You carried the weight so we'd have a good life. Raised us with love so we could fly. Anyone else would call you Superman, but I just call you Dad. Yeah, it's a nice little tune. It picks up from there. Nice sound. Yeah. Very uh, sentimental. Yep. A spirit lifter, problem fixer, words of reason. There when you need them, calm you down, set you straight. Yeah. There you go. That's my pick. That is Dad by Tyler Wood. He's got another one called Home, and uh, you know he's got a few others that are just really good. What did you think? It was a decent tune. I, you know, I like the uh, the sentimentality of it, and the you know, it's it's not something that I relate to, I, right? You know, from from my own experience, it's it's um, you know, I I hear a song like that, and and I think of it in terms of like, I hope that my kids see me that way, right? You know, down yeah, the road, definitely. but it's it's not something that that really speaks to me in terms of, you know, the kind of relationship that I had with with my dad. Yep. Um, but, but no, I, I like the, the, the feeling behind it and the, the vibe there. Yeah. There you go. And, and he's and got a couple of, uh, I think they're all EPs, you know, maybe five or six song EPs. Go check them out. They're good. Anyway, 
without further ado, my friend, let's get into this week's SmackDown. Oh, buddy. I am excited. So the teaser that we left hanging at the end of the last episode was The Golden Boy versus The Wayward Son. Now, I'm assuming that people knew who The Golden Boy, who we were referring to. I mean, don't you think? Uh, Unless somebody's living under a rock or... You know, they just don't pay attention to country music. Yeah. Sure. But, I mean, this this dude is, like, the hottest thing going right now, and that's awesome. Yeah, and that is Mr. Luke Combs. Bum, 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 bum. So if you did not know who we were referring to, Luke Combs, he is just killing it right now with everything he's putting out, um, bridging a gap between the kind of current generation or, you know, bro country or whatever, and a bit more of a traditional sound by incorporating some theme and vocal and instrumentation elements into his songs that are tying them together really well and man i enjoyed a lot i I gotta say like he announced the other day he's got a new album coming out in november and i don't remember the last time i got like just super excited because somebody announced a new album coming out in a few months yeah i agree so anyway i'm excited the song that we picked for this week is his second number one single released in june of 2017 hit number one in november 2017 and it's called when it rains it pours indeed it does i love it such a jam yeah i love it now it was his second number one song um what was the first was hurricane the first uh yeah hurricane was the first and i don't like that song the hip hoppy rapping cadence, the drum machine loop, like I just don't I was like, I'm not digging this Luke Combs dude. He's just another one of those guys. Yeah. I you know, um I heard it once and wrote him off into I, that whole genre. I, I can see where where Hurricane appeals to kind of the the bro country crowd, the Florida Georgia line, you know, that whole that whole thing, you know. Yep. But you know, for for what it is, and and I've mentioned this in uh, side discussions before, like almost that whole album. Uh, this one's for you, and and even the the extended version. It's it's one of the few occasions where an extended version of an album actually, um, you know, has something to offer yeah. on the bonus tracks. I agree. Um, but. Almost that whole thing, man. This last summer, I did a solo road trip from from the Willamette Valley here in Oregon to New Mexico and back. And, like, there is not a better album for just, like, flying through the desert by yourself, singing at the top of your lungs to stay awake in the car, you know. There, yeah. there There's not a better album That's great. than this for the... And Hurricane is, like, I mean... By yourself, karaoke in the car, man. Hurricane's a jam. <laughs> we'll see jam we and a some, half. We'll dude. see if we can get some video of that. <laughs> Never happened. Yeah, right. Um, but then when it rains, it pours came out, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this song is great." Is this that same guy? And uh, I really like it. I like it a lot. Let's see. It was only a number one for two weeks, which is actually surprising. I thought it would have been longer. Well, yeah, and we'll talk about that issue. Right. In a future episode. It replaced What Ifs by Kane Brown, which I've never heard. I assume it sucks. And it was replaced by a song called Greatest Love Story by Lanco, who I've never even heard of. Right. And that one was there for one week and, and then got bumped for something that sat at number one for dang near a year. Yeah. There we go. We will definitely talk about that. But have you even heard of Lanco? 
I I'm familiar with the name. I don't think I've actually heard anything that they've done. Okay, yeah, me neither. Um, Luke Combs co-wrote co-wrote the song with Jordan Walker of a duo called Walker McGuire. Just total bro country drum machines, two dudes singing to each other in a in a unique <laughs> way. Uh, they've kind of like what up. we do, but with music. Yeah, set to music, which is <laughs> a little more weird. Um, uh, they've those guys Walker McGuire have broken up. I couldn't really find much about them otherwise. But uh, you know, first response to this song was totally loving it. The re- the album, the uh, this one's for you in the uh, extended version. I'm bipolar on. There's some that I really really like, and then there's some that I just don't like. Yeah, there there's definitely a few throwaway songs in there, but I I feel like like the addition of the extra tracks on the extended version, you know, you can yeah. you can cut a few of those those throwaway songs out of there and you still end up with a really solid album front to back. Yep. Yep. Did, have you listened to any of his stuff from before? This one's for you. Very little. Um I, I will say I had heard Can I Get an Outlaw before and I was like that's a great song by random dude on the internet. Yeah, yeah, he um, definitely sort of built a following before before having his name out there with his cover videos and stuff like that. Yeah, um, I will say, you know, part of when when we get to the breakdown on cultural impact and stuff, um, I got to like there was a moment um, after the um, the shooting in Las Vegas where he was asked to perform on the Jimmy Kimmel show. And he did one of his songs from uh, beforehand, um, song called uh, "Used to You," and it was just, just like gut wrenchingly emotional. And I feel like, um, as far as as his um, sort of place in country music right now, um, really uh, part of that came out of that performance he did on Jimmy Kimmel. So, you know, it, it all ties together in a way, um, which, you know, I could touch on a little more when we talk about the cultural impact aspect. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's probably what I'm most familiar with sure. fr- from before. Taking it a totally different direction. Have you heard Sheriff You Want To? No, no. Oh, you got to go back. It is a fun, fun song. Okay. Sher- it's called Sheriff, like, like Policeman, You Want To, about sharing. It's okay, pretty good. Okay, okay. Anyway, let's take a minute, listen in to When It Rains, It Pours, and uh, then we'll break it down with our delightful commentary. Sunday morning, man, she woke up fighting mad. I love it. just goes right into the verse. No intro, nothing. Yeah, it kind of fits with, like, the theme of the song. Like, yeah. like he just woke up and she's ticked off. And yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Good, good first verse of just leaving. I'm leaving you vocals, lyrics. I mean, but it's gonna be okay. Like anyone would do. Yep. I love this chorus. So much like ma- making positive out of a 
a negative situation. Yeah. Putting a positive spin on it. Yep. I like the instrumentation, just electric guitar, acoustic guitar. I mean, there's a lot going on, but yeah. Alrighty, and there you have it. When mm. it rains, it pours from Luke Combs. Love it. I love it too. So his, I feel like his songwriting specialty is to do just what you said: take negative situations and put positive spins on them. Because he does it on a, a lot of songs, and it works. Yeah, yeah. I I hadn't really considered that as a trend in his his writing style. But if you think about "Cold Beer Never Broke My Heart," it's kind of a a very similar song. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Anyway. Let's break it down. So our three categories for you listeners, if this is your first episode, we break down lyrics and content, vocals and instrumentation, and it's cultural impact or significance. Each category has a score of 10, total score of 30, goes head to head against another song. Category one, lyrics and content. Love the lyrics. Uh, it's got a profanity warning. You know, a few of his songs have some profanity in them, um, but um, I think it's something that most people, maybe most guys can relate to or at least understand like exactly what he means yeah and and you know i think the the profanity mild profanity yeah um but it it is becoming more more of a norm in country music i think is it Uh, i was gonna ask you that like i don't ever listen to the radio is there a radio edit of this song and does it play um, something different i don't think so i I haven't heard it on radio but you know it's kind of um like we were saying when the mics were off, you know, it's it's PG yeah. language, you know, it's not anything that's going to going to get bleeped on TV or whatever. Right. So, you know, it is what it is. It's uh, you know, I feel like um, you know, using it in a certain way, you know, in like in the in this instance in this song, it makes the song more relatable in a real way. Yep to like any dude that has ever woke up and just found, you know, your lady is on a tirade and you know, it's done <laughs> effectively. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I've never lived it, but I could totally I mean, understand. He, he, uh, he paints the picture. Well, yes, he does. Yeah. I love the second verse where she talks about, or where he talks about, she came running back after his luck on the FM <laughs> dial. Yeah. I just think that's, yeah. that's pretty cool that he, you know, kind of a nod to himself, which is good. I, I think there's a, a, like a little secret part of like every dude ever that like, here's the line about, I ain't going to see my ex future mother-in-law anymore. And you're like, yeah, yep. like I mean, I'm so thankful for the mother-in-law that I have because some of the mother-in-laws that I could have had, yeah, or did have there in go. the past, <laughs> um, you know, yeah, totally, um, totally. So yeah, I mean, that relief that that a dude could feel in in that situation, I mean, that's again, it's it's real and it's relatable, and yep, and I think that that's a big part of what what Luke Combs does. I mean, most of his songs are are relatable on some level to someone yep and then you know just winning a scratch off ticket that you use to buy beer and gas or um winning uh round of golf winning a used four-wheeler like those yeah, are just yeah I, I mean everybody's heard of everybody knows that getting the waitress's phone number i mean 
That's a win, man. Yeah. So you, the song's got two great verses, um, and then there's the choruses are unique. Like it's not the same chorus that repeats. The middle chorus has different words than the first in the closing chorus, which I think is really clever. Uh, and there's a pre-chorus that goes into each one and then back. So um, solid song structure. It's long. It's not, and by long, I don't mean long like length. It's just good components to it. It's not just bridge, chorus, bridge, chorus. Or verse, chorus, right. verse, and chorus, it, bridge. It's not um, like drawn out and over repetitive. It, nope. You know it. It uh, it says what it it means to say, and then it it leaves. And it does it well. It gets so on well, its way. in fact, that I gave this song nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. And I tried to think, what would it have taken to be ten out of ten? <laughs> and I just don't know. You don't know. When I think of songs that vocal or lyrically are ten out of ten, I think like the river by garth brooks yeah yeah and that and that might be the missing component is is like deep meaning yeah you know this is this is a great song for what it is but it, i mean it's it's very surface level it's but it, it's so clever like there's yeah, so many yeah. more surface level songs that are not this clever right so that's why i go nine out of ten okay i'm we're cl- i think i'm gonna give it an eight um, just, just because like I said, it is, it's very surface level, uh, face value, you know, there's not a lot of meaning there. Um, but that being said, like I said, it's, it's so, so relatable. Yeah. Um, which, you know, is, is very, very, um, you know, endearing and, and gives the song value. I just, it, there's not a ton of meaning behind it. So there you go. So eight. I mean, it's still, That's it's solid. It's still up there. Yeah, it's for way sure. Way higher up there than much of what we've covered in the past few oh, songs. Yeah, for which sure. Which is very re- refreshing to, to have songs we love. Vocals and instrumentation, category two. I, I love the vocal. I love his, like, I would say gravelly vocal or almost snarly, like snarl. Yeah, I feel like um, he does a really good job of, like, his vocals. This is kind of, I don't know, a weird way to say it, but it's like they sound like the content of the song. Yep. You know? Yeah, they match well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why some of the other songs that he does, I just don't love the sound of because it doesn't sound believable. Like he should do more of these kind of upbeat or almost silly-ish songs. And when he does serious songs like One Number Away and Hurricane, it's like, uh, this just doesn't fit, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, don't s- know. I still like him. Um, so I love the snarl, love the, the, you know, the drawl in his pronunciation, um, the range in the vocals, like some of the end words on the verses, which is common, you know, go pretty low and he fills them out well. But then at the end of the second chorus, he goes an octave up on the line when it rains, it pours and he just nails it. Like it sounds really good. Um, instrumentally, it sounds simple, like, you know, heavy on the electric guitar with some steel and, you know, bass and drums. When I put my headphones on and close my eyes and listen to really closely, like there's a lot going on there. There's just layers yeah, and layers yeah. and layers, the, but it still comes off as simple sounding. The the bass in particular, there's a lot of of up and down kind of movement with with the bass. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that I that I never really noticed before until you know started picking the song apart. Yeah, for this, there's an but. organ that plays pretty deep through and just a lot of guitar tracks and a lot of back vocal tracks. I mean, it's probably got. You know, 30 or 40 tracks, but it still sounds clean and simple and fresh. And I really like it. Uh, and it doesn't, and all the instruments sound real. You know, it doesn't sound like anything programmed on a computer. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So because of that, I'm going eight out of 10 for vocals and instrumentation. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm just going to throw this out there. 
because uh, I've I've struggled with the the concept of vocals and instrumentation as a category. You've mentioned that each episode, episodes. yeah. Cuz cuz they're different. They're different they're different components of the song. But it's what a person hears when they listen to the song. You hear the vocals so, and you hear the instruments. But you you do you do you boo. You I'm, do you. I'm I'm putting them together and I'm just calling it sound. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I like it. What, what do you think? Yeah, it's good. We'll go with that. <laughs> I think I might be on to something. You might be. How does it sound? I'm, I'm, yeah. ra- I'm rating this based on how it sounds. Yeah. Vocals <laughs> plus instrumentation equals sound. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah, I mean. Well, what do you think of the sound? The sound. The sound as a package. Uh, there, there's. I mean, there's nothing to not like, man. Yeah. I mean. This is just this is such a good song. I agree, but you got to put a number on it. I I do, and dang it, I <laughs> this is so hard. Uh, just just you know, thinking ahead to to the other song that we're gonna talk about. Like, I love them so hard in different ways. I agree. Um, I'm I'm ten. All right, it's a ten for sound. This is your first category ten. This of the podcast ever. There's just... Uh, dun, 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 dun. We're breaking new ground here. Man, like, the two songs that we're talking about in this episode, like, I can just listen to them back-to-back on a loop and be totally content. Agreed. Now, if you remember back to episode one, I gave Boot Scoot and Boogie a 10 for vocals and instrumentation because I love the sound, and it felt like, uh, uh, maybe I shouldn't have done that because I set the bar high for anything coming forward, but I don't feel that way about you giving it a 10 on this one. It's like, yeah, that's that's about right. It's a solid, you know, conclusion. I like it. Good pick. Moving on. Cultural impact and significance. Um, this song, you know, kind of, kind of not. Uh, I pulled a quote from Taste of Country, a guy named Sterling Whitaker of no relation to me, described the song as a more up-tempo, lighthearted song that turns the old woe is me phrase on its ear with a savvy twist. I like it. Um this because it wasn't his first number one but it was a different sound than his first one i think that's what kind of took him to another level so his first single might have appealed to a certain group and then this one appealed to a different group which i think yeah kind of solidified his base and launched him into another level of you know stardom and and start up stardom young stardom fresh stardom um rolling stones 2017 uh, top 25 country songs of the year this was number six and as i looked at what five and up were like this is way better than all of them should have been number one in my opinion <laughs> naturally the video super fun video they did a really good job yep yep um and now moving we're looking forward two years um and everyone is kind of looking at what luke is doing to see kind of what direction the pendulum of country music is going to go, you know, both him, I feel like, and uh, John party are kind of the, the couple guys that people are keeping a close eye on. So, and I think this song had a lot to do with that. Um, Could potentially, you know, be influencing the next few years of country music because of that. I'm going eight out of 10. Okay. Yeah. Um, You know, you said a lot of what I was thinking. I was going to say, sorry, great minds think alike in, in terms of, you know, um, this this song being sort of uh, the launching point for his career arc. Yeah. And, you know, I I think if not for 
the the BB Rexa thing, I think that this song would have come back to number one and probably would have stayed there for a while. Yeah. Um, you know, but BB Rexa happened and, you know, this song was number one for like two weeks and then it was gone. But I feel like, you know, it was it was like bubbling right under the surface for a very long time. And I feel like it it set the tone because, you know, what's what's come more recently is beer never broke my heart. Right. So there's there's some some like serious similarities between the song and beer never broke my heart. Yeah. And which I love that song. Too. And that's that's the one that is really going to carry on into the next album. What's the next album going to look like? Who's going to copy him? How closely are they going to copy him? Because he's the dude right now. Yep. And um, I wonder uh, if when BB Rexa happened and this song wasn't number one anymore, did it just go to number two and did it camp out at number two for a long time? I don't know. We should go back and check that out. I didn't look, but I, I have to think that that's got to be the case. You would think. It wouldn't just disappear I off mean, the charts. They're, they're uh, you know, the, the target audience for the two songs is very night and day different yeah. different demographics. So, you know, I, I think this has to be, you know, the voice of the other side of the coin in that situation. So it, it had to be right there. Um so considering where he's at and where he's going and the fact that I just, I don't think we're looking at Luke Combs right now, the way that we are without this song. Yeah, totally agree. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with a nine. All right. So I went nine, eight, eight brings my total to 25 out of 30, which is, you know, pretty, pretty good score. What did you go? Uh, I had eight, Ten nine, so that puts you at twenty seven. Which, if my math is correct, is a twenty seven. There we go, twenty seven, twenty five. You give it two points higher than I do. Dang near a perfect song. It is. It's a very good. There was just a little bit more meaning. Than right, be there, <laughs> and you know, then that might ruin it though. So maybe yeah, it's as good yeah, as it could get. Yeah, I guess that's a, that's a possibility. All right, switching gears. Let's backtrack ten years to another song that we totally love. Now, the title of the episode, Golden Boy and the Wayward Son. The Wayward Son that we're talking about, who had a number one hit in November of 2007, is none other than Dirks Bentley with the song Free and Easy, parentheses, Down the Road I Go. Down the Road I Go. Now, here's the thing. I'm referring to Dirks Bentley as a Wayward Son because he had two albums that were just garbage like he had some first three albums were great did a little bluegrass thing it was meh and then and it just went downhill from there and then he had riser and black and those were unbearable they were so bad i don't know what happened to him he lost his way apparently his new album the mountain is coming back maybe around a little bit but it's a step in the right direction yeah i mean i maybe sampled 30 seconds of a couple songs and just went Nope, still not good. So that's hence the title Wayward Son. But what do you think? Do you think that's an accurate depiction of Dirks Bentley? Uh for for the purposes of what we're doing, yeah, it probably is. What I, happened to him? I think I think in the eyes of, of country music, he's still doing just fine. So 
you know, I how could that be? I, I, oh. I don't know that the industry would would consider him a wayward son. Um, you know, off of the first three albums, like I definitely feel like he got lost somewhere. Yeah, which I mean, I talked about it at the beginning with Justin Moore, Luke Bryant. How many of these dudes have come along and put out just phenomenal debut albums? Maybe two albums right off the bat. Yeah. For Dirks, it was three, and then and then they get you know twisted and and turned into something that wasn't what they were when when we were introduced to them. Yeah, and and definitely Dirks Bentley fits that uh, description to a T. There you go. I loved his first album. I should say I really liked his first album. I loved his second album, and I loved the third as well that this was on. Uh, so this was his third album, his fifth number one. Not off that. He didn't have five on that album, third album, but fifth total number one. So a difference between this song and Luke Combs is that we were familiar with Dirks already. He had had some number one hits. We knew his sound. We knew his style. We knew his voice. But this song I felt like was just different. There was something about this one that resonated differently than some of his others. Could have been the instrumentation or things like that, but it was just a different song. Uh, he co-wrote it. Just like the uh, you know uh, Luke Combs co-wrote his, so we got two guys who wrote their own songs. Uh, wrote it with a normal crew that he writes with. As I was doing some digging, Brett Beavers and Rod Jansen, like he had a lot of cuts with those two guys. Uh, there was another guy who wrote on it, Rob Harrington. I couldn't find anything about him, um, but Brett Beavers has a lot of cuts, and then Rod Jansen had a lot of specifically Dirk's cuts. So writers that that he likes to work with. It was a one week number one. Just did one week, which is really surprising for how big of a song it was and, for him. And shameful. Yeah. And uh, actually, to to back up uh, a step, um, your your mention of um, him co-writing the song and Luke Combs co-writing uh, "When It Rains It Pours." Like for me, this is this is huge uh, within kind of the context of what we've been doing with this podcast. Like that's that's one of the first things I look at is is like who wrote the song. Yeah. And so anytime you have uh, an artist that actually is a writer on their own hit song, like I have so much more respect for that than than a performer who is just doing other people's songs. Yeah, I agree. You know, and and sure, I mean, art is subjective and, and all of that. And, you know, some performers have fantastic voices, but they can't write to save their lives. Yep. And some people write really good songs and can't sing to save their lives. Yep. So, yeah. There, there's a place for there, both. There's a place for both. But and, there's a special and I get sweet that. spot for those but, that can do both. But, yeah, like a dude that, that writes his own stuff and then performs it at, at a high level, like I have so much more respect for that and admiration for those guys. So that's that's part of why, like, I was just getting so geeked up for this this episode was – like both of these guys are like it for me in that way. Yeah. So totally. You know. Totally. I agree. This was a one week number one. Could have could have been a lot longer. Uh it took over the number one spot from Kenny Chesney with his song Don't Blink. I love that song. Very one of those sentimental ones about time goes by too quickly. I liked it. Uh, and it was taken over by So Small by Carrie Underwood, which I can't even think of that, that of what is, it is. Yeah, it's a travesty. Okay. It took over this song like I just yeah, and I can't even picture it. Yeah, and and that tells you um, really I, I something about the song like how did that song get to number one and bump 
free and easy off the number one spot when we can't even remember what it was. Yeah, totally. Yep. So both of these songs, Luke Combs and this one, got bumped quickly, which is unfortunate. The the one thing I remember most before we play a little bit of the song here is that when it would come on when it was new or I'd play the CD when I got it, uh, it was one that had to be played loud. Like I would just oh, yeah. crank this song. For sure. Yeah. Let's get in uh, to a little bit of it, listen to it some, and uh, and then we'll give some commentary. Love that banjo roll. Nice, simple drums. They don't overpower the song. And that slide, the acoustic. It pulls back for the vocals to just showcase. And they sound so good. Just a delicious musical stew. Yeah. I love it. Acoustic guitar driving in the back. Whoop. I love that part. <laughs> so good. Like, how did he think to put that in there? I don't know, but so good. Love the name drop name there drop. for Cross shout Canadian Ragweed. Yeah, shout out. It's almost like you could feel it. Yeah, if, if you can't, like, picture the song when you listen to this song, it, like, there's just something wrong with your brain, I think. Yeah. I love these instrumental interludes that happen right here between the choruses and the verses. There's some good playing going on there. It's just like a little mini jam session just sandwiched in there. Yeah. There you have it, free and easy. Parentheses, down the road I go. Man, <gasps> I just love that song. Yep. <laughs> okay, let's break it's it down. So good. Lyrics and content, vocals and instrumentation, or sound as you like to call it, <laughs> and a cultural <laughs> impact or significance. Lyrics and content, it is what I would consider just a feel-good song. Like it just feels good to listen to. Uh, I'm pulling a quote here. Kevin Coyne of Country Universe Gave it a B plus, saying it was an up-tempo, breezy romp with plenty of banjo and carefree charm. I agree with that. Um, the lyrics, it's it's a traveling song. You know, he's on the road, and he's talking about being on the road. And it ties in well, because he had, on his first album, Modern Day Drifter. He had Every Mile of Memory. He had Long Trip Alone. So, like, being a, a traveler, a drifter, is kind of part of, his, part of his deal, part of his shtick. But this song is kind of the upbeat happy version of some of those um and i like that about it yeah it's just like again like like driving through the desert by yourself man you're just like picturing yourself in the song somehow you yeah. know yep it's two verses pre-choruses chorus and a bridge um there's there's just like the line living life like a sunday stroll like i can I can understand what that means. Uh, keep rolling like an old banjo. We referenced during the song while I was playing the ragweed name drop, cross Canadian ragweed. Uh, that was in an era where you didn't 
get very much name dropping. So for him to name drop was pretty cool. Like nowadays, it seems like there's name dropping all the time. Yeah, or at least but, much more often. But definitely, like um, I would say that that name dropping a band like Cross Canadian Ragweed is is definitely um, you know a bit of a reach for for the mainstream you know country radio listener. Yeah. I um, had heard like I had heard of them, but that name drop got me to go and listen to them and it was great. I was like, "Oh, where have you been all my life?" In particular, they had one song called If I Were President. It's oh, only on their live album. Oh, wow. It's a great song. There should be a new version. <laughs> uh, let's let's <laughs> just leave that there. <laughs> let's just leave that there. Uh moving on to the third verse though. There's a great moral message uh, at the end of the third verse where he talks about could make a million or wind up broke. doesn't matter. You can't take it with you when you go. And if you only get to go around one time, going to sit back and try to enjoy the ride. Like I dig that. That is, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, that's, that's philosophical. Yep. Um, so man, giving it a number's hard. You know, I gave Luke Combs a nine out of 10. This is just, it's, it's just a little bit simpler and a little less clever even though it has a moral message tied in, so I can only go 8 out of 10 for lyrics and content on this song. How about you? Okay. Uh, yeah, I... Uh, kind of the same same idea. Like, I have to go just a notch lower than, than I gave uh, Luke Combs. Um, and really, mainly it's because, like, I, I love story songs so much and yeah you know when you really break it down when it rains it pours is a story song yep you know it's an upbeat kind of crazy like uh you know it's not your typical story so there's nothing like melancholy or or you know any, any of that kind of stuff you know there's not a lot of feeling there but it's relatable and and i just dig story songs so much yeah that that yeah, I got to give it the edge by one. So uh, free and easy's getting a seven. All right. Vocals and instrumentation. Um, vocally versus to the top of the bridge is a large range that he's coming here. You know, some of those verse lines are very very low vocals and then very high um, during the especially pre-choruses uh, and that then the bridge that he does. Um, I love the instrumentation. I feel like compared to anything else that he had put out yet, it was the heaviest on the banjo roll and just really utilized the pedal steel, the slide guitar. It was like a modern bluegrass. Like if you could modernize bluegrass for 2007 when there wasn't a lot of it going on, like it it, it kind of just gave you a modern bluegrass feel. Yeah, he, he probably doesn't do the bluegrass record if not for, you know, sort of... Sort of lighting that flame with yeah. the, with this song. I'm thinking the same. That's that's where I put in its significance. I definitely will allude to that. Um, it's a type of song where you could see a group of guys sitting around and jamming it, you know, like jam session style, and and those little instrumental interludes. They're just looking at each other and riffing on it, which I think is pretty cool. Um, uh, and it breaks up the song that way. So vocals and instrumentation. Oh man. Hmm. I'm really having a hard time, but I, ah, for some reason, I just got to go eight. I was going to go nine. Maybe I still will. Can't do half points because only punks do that. <laughs> you got to get off the fence. Um, yeah, it's an eight. Okay. Okay. Um, 
Well, I'm just I'm just gonna be straight up like I'm I'm giving it a ten. Like I I love it in a different way than than when it rains it pours. But I but I love them equally. Yeah. Um I gave them both eights. You know, they're both they both just And sounds, you gave them both tens. Yeah. Yeah. They both just sound so good. Like yeah, I agree. Like they are they're they're the standard bearers for their era of like mainstream country music, as far as I'm concerned, there there nothing else out when Free and Easy came out, or when When It Rains It Pours came out, that sounded better than they sound. That's true. They were unique that way. So so yeah, in both of these songs, they're a solid ten for me. Very good. I love it. Um, it was hard to find any sort of cultural impact or significance for Free and Easy. Like I had to. Like Google hard critical reception reviews, virtually nothing. There was just not about the song at all. And here's where um, my score drops some in this category. And it's this. I think that this song was the pinnacle of his career at the time. I think it was, you know, the song that maybe his defining song. And then I think everything went downhill after that. I think it was the inspiration for his bluegrass album, but that wasn't very good. It wasn't a very great album. That, that's fair. That's and fair. then the stuff that came after that was also not very good. So this was the pinnacle. So in terms of its significance, it just didn't lead to anything greater. In fact, it was the top of a hill that was only going to go down, in my opinion. And I know this sounds petty, but the, the music video, is it's really not good. Um, I, I don't know if I've seen it. I can't remember when recordings started to happen in HD. Maybe 2007 was too early. But it was it's not HD. It's poorly chopped and clipped li- over live footage. And it's OK. OK. It's, and it, but it's not well done. Um, it's like it's like a an arena, like a small arena or large concert hall show. It shows him loading in and he's kind of singing into the camera like you would on your phone. Uh, a couple of times he's sitting with his guitar on a gearbox strumming along and singing. And then it's live, really choppy live footage. OK, uh, so it, it's a concert type video yeah i I can see where that kind of ties in with the the traveler type theme but i mean if it's not done well it's not done well yeah so this is where though i love the song i just didn't think it had much impact or significance other than it was great for its time in that it was unique so i'm only giving it a four out of ten for impact or significance ow i know it hurt to write that Wow. <laughs> you know, it doesn't even affect me, but I feel like I need a minute to recover from that. Well, this happens to you every episode, <laughs> at least once an episode. Last time you said it might be, or maybe, no, I think it was episode two you said would be our last episode when something I said caused you oh, grief. Oh, man. Um, well, I don't know. Like, you know, on, on what grounds do you give it a higher score? I, I feel... Man, you just just kind of broke my heart right <laughs> Took now. Took the wind out of your sails. <laughs> uh, you know, here's here's the thing. Um, you know, looking looking at sort of the the whole package of what Dirks Bentley's career has been to this point. What would it look like? without this song and without this album. Mm. 
Um, you With, know, I, I, this is this is one of my favorite Dirk Bentley songs. Oh yeah, uh, Long Trip Alone, hands down, my favorite Dirk Bentley album. Yeah, um, it was a great album, but and, I like the one before it better. And and yeah, he did kind of go off in a, I don't know, a strange direction. Yeah. After after this, um, you know, even even kind of doing the bluegrass album was a little bit. Um, off kilter for for you know a big time mainstream dude um and then and then yeah he kind of like really the the only song i can even think of after after that is drunk on a plane that song is awful right so not good um but be that as it may like considering his his career as as a body of work um you know and and the fact that he has stayed kind of a top level star as far as country music is concerned um for I don't think so. I don't think he's a top level star anymore. Really? No. I don't know. I mean the guy still does like commercials and you know there's would he be doing commercials if he was a top level star or is he doing commercials because he's not and he needs some publicity? Well, I mean, that's that's a different way to look at it, I guess. But I mean, I don't think he is anymore. The The thing with that is like he's he's marketable still. And and that, you know, d- despite, you know, what we might think about the direction that his music has gone in, um, you know, you say the name Dirks Bentley and people still kind of their, their ears perk up. Yeah, that's um, true. You know, and so. maybe with the garbage music he put out on riser and black, he got a new fan base where for those of us fans in the two thousands would write him off and be like, this dude's lost his way. Maybe there's some 2010 decade fans that are like, Oh yeah, man, Dirks Bentley's great. I love it. Yeah. Probably the, the Thomas Rhett, uh, Florida Georgia line fans, but yeah, you know, like I said before, I think the mountain is a step in the right direction, and and I hope that that continues that he keeps moving back towards where he started from. Um, but you got to give it a number. But long wind, yeah, this is getting a little little out of control. Um, but just just for for my affection for this song and this album and what they mean for me within the context of his career. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with a six. Okay. A little bit higher. Not so a lot, but you know, a little, my math, eight, eight and four, which gives that a 20. What are you doing math, man? Yeah. Right. Give me a minute. Uh, I got seven, ten, six for a total of 23. All right. So for me, dun, 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 here is the final drum roll. I've got the winner of the SmackDown for me is Luke Combs score of 25 over Dirk's Bentley score of 20. How about you? And I've got Luke Combs on top 27 to 23. And and really, I I think it comes down to that cultural impact thing. Yeah, like, I do too. But let's see, you know, if three albums out, if Luke is still the top of the heap and if he surpasses where Dirk's went after Dirk's third album. It'd be fun to see. 
I don't even want to think about it. I, I just know. I just want to enjoy Luke where he is right now. Like, sure. We'll have about six hundred episodes by then. No, I, maybe two hundred fifty. I don't I don't even like I don't need to think about what he's gonna look like in the future. I just I just I just want the Luke that I have right now. There you go. Everyone loves him for that. Uh let's take a minute and we will uh hear some input from a non country music listening guest to weigh in and I bet they're gonna like both songs. I don't think they're gonna be like I don't like that song. You know, I'm I'm betting that uh Luke Combs is probably the favorite. I'm thinking the opposite. I think they're gonna relate to the easy listening and positive feel of free and easy. Yeah, some people just go, ooh, banjo. And, ooh, yes, you know, that's true. So, so, you know, we'll see. We shall see. We'll check back here right after that. Hang on. Stand by, listeners. Yeah. All righty, friends, number one Country Smackdown podcast listeners, I am here with my good buddy, Josh Davis. How are you today, sir? I'm fantastic. How are you doing? I'm good. Hey, thanks for coming in and sitting down with us here at the podcast. You don't listen to country music. No. And because of that, I'm assuming you haven't dove deep into each episode that we've put out so far. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I haven't listened to a single one. But that's okay. Okay. <laughs> so here's the thing. Here's what we do on this podcast. We break down two country songs head-to-head, lyrics and content, vocals and instrumentation, and then Andrew and I talk about the you know cultural significance and things. But here's what these two songs are. One of these is a number one smash hit single from this decade, so 2010 to the present. Here's where we're wrapping up 2019. The other is a number one hit song from a previous decade. So we what we try to do is evaluate the evolution of country music over the decades. Nice. Okay. In previous episodes, it's worked out where there has been like, you know, kind of one that Andrew and I kind of like, one we don't like, or some episodes we just don't like either. Uh, we try to pick interesting storylines. But this episode itself is interesting because we both love both of these songs. Oh, good. So I'm going to be like the bad guy in here and... Well, there's no there's no way to lose. <laughs> Both of these songs really are these are fantastic, okay. and I've I've been holding off. You know, we're even late getting this episode out because you're the guy who, when I think about who do I want to talk about these songs because of lyrics and instrumentation, it's like, gosh, Davis would be perfect for this. I I appreciate that thought. I I have to say I'm a little bit nervous about like. <laughs> no, don't be nervous. What if I hate them both completely? Totally and... fine. Okay. <laughs> totally fine. It'll just be interesting because we've we've loved them so much. So what I'm going to do is just play a little bit of the songs for you. What I want you okay. to do is just kind of talk about. What you hear, what you like, what you don't like, and and things like that. Uh, okay, sounds good. Ready to give it a spin? Yeah, let's do it. All right, here we go. So the first song is by a dude named Luke Combs. He is the current golden boy of country music. I will say I've heard his name. Yeah, he's yeah. a number one. Okay. Um, and his song is called uh, "When It Rains, It Pours." Just your typical sounds. Sounds like a country title. It yeah. is. It's yeah. a it's a breakup song. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah. All right. I imagine there's going to be cars in the front yard or something too. Maybe there might be something. Uh, like a howling dog on the porch. Probably. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's check it out. <laughs> Sunday morning, man. She woke up fighting mad. Yep. Sounds like a country song so far, right? Yep. Yeah. It's a standard breakup song. Yeah. It's exactly what I would expect from, I mean, the instrumentation. Mix sounds good. Yeah. Kind of a straightforward chord progression. You're... 
you're kind of yeah you're get your electric guitar doing a high note and kind of just holding it up there one thing okay so <laughs> here's something that country in my experience in my very limited experience does a lot is they ground their songs in like locations in the real world. Yeah. So they're always talking about like being out on the road and ending up on the, at the shell on Highway 45. Yep. And then you like this thing about getting a scratch it ticket. Uh, like they, it's interesting. It's very good. Here's the, this is the tagline right here. Nice. <laughs> I like that line. My yeah. ex future mother in law. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What do you think of his voice? Uh it's he's got a, a nice tone. Um Yeah, he's, it sounds like a a pretty basic country kind of twang. Alrighty, Mr. Davis, there you have it. When it rains, it pours. November 2017, number one country song. Um, is there Okay, so like you said at the beginning, I'm not like a big country fan. But you are but, a, an excellent, talented musician. Oh, thank you, you play guitar really well, and this both of these songs have great instrumentation, I feel like. Well, that's what I was actually just going to... Th I was just thinking about. Um, there was a little break in there where it sounded like it could have gone to like maybe an extended lead, but he was kind of just going from maybe like a bridge back to a chorus. And the lead guitar did a nice little picking. Yeah. Uh, that was great. That was... I really liked the execution on, on that little section right there. Um, going back to his voice, like it seems like it's so common in country. And like, I know that first of all, every musical genre has its tropes, right? Like, yep. Yes. You know, if you're in heavy metal, you got to be heavily tattooed and you got to be angry. And if you're in rap, you got to have a lot of, you know, a lot of self-defense mechanisms in place. Right. Yep. So, um, so, but like country, the, the voices are always just kind of, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's yep. my really quick on the spot. <laughs> Horrible. Horrible version of a country singer. I know what you but mean. You know what I mean. Like uh, it's, it feels like they affect a voice that maybe isn't necessarily true to their speaking voice. Right. Maybe. So, any, uh, which is you know, it's just one of the things about country. Um, one another thought I have, which uh, I'm curious to see what the next song, whether it bears this up or not. It feels to me like a lot of country songs put in a lot of details that don't have to do with the point of the song. Yeah. And there, there is an of you know from my past experiences elsewhere just hearing it on the radio around other people who listen to country and whatever it seems like there's always just like a list of things that are right like oh yeah country's big into it's lists. just just we're gonna talk about things that are and then at the end of this verse we're gonna wrap that up with it's just the country life or it's the breakup or it's the whatever the point of the song is. and right? this guy is a master at of it of the list right yeah. okay so that's like a recognized thing then and his his kind of technique in writing is putting a positive spin on negative things okay i get that so it's a common theme in a lot of his songs right he's talking about um he's talking about winning uh raffle tickets and just all uh, the great things that used, happened and it's always a used something right like a used four-wheeler in this case it was all the great things that happened to him after his girl broke up with him right yeah. right and now he's never gonna have to see his uh man, ex that line that's a great line it i love that line, line. I, yeah my ex-future mother-in-law <laughs> 
Yeah. That's a good line. Well, we're going to turn the clock back exactly 10 years to the same week and month, but Ooh. 2007. Nice. To another country song, which was just a different era and generation of country music at the time. We're going to listen to a song called Free and Easy, parentheses, Down the Road I Go, by an artist named Dirks Bentley. Awesome. Yeah. I'm not familiar in any way. All right. Here it goes. Hear that banjo. Nice banjo. Yeah. Love that. That is a lot of slide guitar. Yeah. See, there it is. The list of things that are. The sack of clothes. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> And they're always on a road. Yeah. It is a travel is a theme. Yeah. I love the ride on the drum. You just hear it, the ride ringing through there. Yeah, kind of on that upbeat. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be honest, like I might prefer the song more without the slide. I wish I wish the banjo was more in charge. Okay. Yeah, I can hear that. Yeah. I, I, to admit, though, I'm not really a big fan of a slide guitar, so. Fair enough. Yeah. Everything in moderation, right? What do you think of his voice? <laughs> I feel like it's, uh, it, I feel like it's a lot like every country voice that I hear on the radio. Yeah. Pretty I think it is. Yeah, okay. my man you've heard both songs now these are uh, songs that both andrew and i really like a lot uh, what we do is we just score them we give them numerous categories and score uh, out of 10 but i'm just going to give you zero love it or i'm sorry zero hate it mm -hmm. to 10 absolutely love it so the first song was when it rains it pours mm -hmm. november 2017 from luke combs breakup song with a positive tone to it zero you hate it 10 you love it and why uh, is this, uh, am I just putting, is this just like a head to head kind of score or is it like in general all the way around? Did I love the song or hate it? No, this is in general all around. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the first one, uh, Luke Combs, I would say maybe a f six on what grounds? Five, five or six. Um, I, I guess again, you have to understand I'm not a fan of country. So, um, those little things lyrically, uh, I, you know, I could take or leave. What I liked about it is that it was, um, it felt pretty authentic and grounded as far as the band. It felt like the band was all actually standing right there playing it. Yeah, you can it, almost hear it that way. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't feel like overly produced. Um, and I did like, I mean, the tone of his voice, it had, it had positive stuff going on. Yeah. yeah. Six out of 10, you said. Six out of 10. We'll take a six. Fair enough. Then we bumped back 10 years to November 2017. Dirks right. Bentley, free and easy, down the road I go. I have to give that like a four. Okay. On <laughs> so, what grounds? Uh, on the grounds that uh, I thought that um, the slide guitar annoyed me. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, it, it also, I mean, of course, 
you can always find something positive in anything. Uh, and like, I really liked what the banjo was doing, but that didn't get over the slide guitar was overwhelming that a lot of times I thought, yeah. Um, it's it, a slide guitar sounds a, a little whiny to me. So right. in context and w you know, in balance, that's okay. Like if you're sure, if you're wanting to communicate that, but when it's, when it's real present through most of the song, that's when I start to get pretty tired of it. There you go. And there so. you have it. The number one country Smackdown podcast listeners, our objective guest interview, Josh Davis gives a six to when it rains, it pours and a four to free and easy down the road. I go, I hope we're still friends. Of course. <laughs> See, if you were a country fan, it would be, it just translates up to a nine and seven. Right. I figured it'd be something like that. You yeah. know, for a yeah. non fan, that's what we'd expect. All right. Well, thanks for coming, dude. I appreciate your time. And, Thank you so you much know, for having your, me. Yeah. Your objective critical ear. And, uh, you know, if you never listen to one of these again, besides your part, I won't take offense. Okay. Awesome. If you do any more with the, uh, with the hip hop beat from like the early 2000s, though, I want to be part of that one. I, I'll bring you in. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I will. You would enjoy I will hearing. Kick those, I will kick those all over the place it if you want me to. probably <laughs> blow up your brain. Sure. Yeah. All right. Take care, dude. All right. Bye. And there we have it. Guest input. Fun, as always. Super cool. One of the things that we like to do on each episode is talk about honorable mentions. And those are looking at number one songs from other decades that didn't make it into the SmackDown. Um, going way back to 1987, you've got a very simple acoustic-driven song by Randy Travis called I Won't Need You Anymore. You're my always and forever. Have you even heard this song? I I, I have, You're yeah. The okay. One that hung the moon. Uh, you know, I like Randy Travis and I like a lot and I'm familiar with a lot of his, but I don't know this one. Um and uh I'd have to look more critically at the lyrics, but I don't think it holds a candle to free and easy or when it rains it pours. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, it it might hit you on the chorus. Nice pedal steel. Every line would tell the truth. It would be a warm and soft one. I feel like for people that don't like country music, like this is a stereotypical song. Like this is why they don't like country music. Yeah. But I love it. Like I could listen to this just man. Gimme give gimme give a a bourbon and a cigar and just sit me <laughs> on the porch. Sure. Throw on a Randy Travis record, man. Come wake me up in a couple hours. I'm good. Yeah, well. <laughs> I can't. I've heard enough. I just ruined your porch time, didn't I? Oh, man. Do you remember this song? Of course I remember this song. It's it's a fun song. If, uh, listeners, I wish you could see Andrew's face and body language right now. <laughs> he is he is not stoked. Oh. This definitely ruined his. Uh, oh man, ruined his. Randy Travis on the porch with the bourbon. All darn gone and done it. God darn. All right.
Well, there you have it. There's your honorable mentions. Oh, man. You've got I Won't Need You Anymore from Randy Travis and Love Gets Me Every Time from Shania. You know, honestly, it's it's not as bad as as my initial reaction. It just was such a stark contrast to what yeah. you heard from Randy and you're yeah, visualizing and, your porch. And, you know, when you when you start talking about Shania Twain and, you know, the time frame, you know, I initially went in like trying to remember what song are we talking about and is it actually a country song at all? And so in that sense, I was delighted to hear like the fiddle and the word gall darn and gall darn gall darn gone and done it. <laughs> so yeah, country song. There you go. So because, you know, it, it wasn't long after that. Um, what was it up? that came out that there were actually two different versions of the album. There was a country version and a pop version. Yeah. Um, which is why I was trying to place like where, where is this song in that timeline? Um, so I, I was glad to hear that it actually was a, a country song by Shania Twain. There you go. Um, you know, um, I've, I've made mention before that I don't like a lot of female vocalists. Uh, she's, listenable by comparison to a lot of them yeah you know yeah there you go but but yeah like super corny speaking of female artists and vocalists you had a friend write in with a request uh cousin actually oh, cousin. cousin all right yeah uh jennifer if you're listening hey hey thanks for listening uh so yeah we're we're gonna do the next one with uh with an all ladies Lineup. It's going to be ladies night on the podcast. You'll get uh, free cover charge to listen, ladies. W- instead of a number one country smackdown, it's going to be a number one country cat fight <laughs> next week. So stand by. And uh, it's going to be hard to choose um, between a multitude of songs. So that's going to be great. But listeners, thanks so much for hanging in with us. We love hanging out with you in this format. If you're enjoying it, please subscribe, like our page. Rate and review. That'll help us get the podcast to more people. Spread um, the word. Yeah. Share, share the link, you know. All you got to do is if you're enjoying it and you see us post something on social media, you can just share it and say, hey, these dudes are doing something fun. You should check it out. That would be cool. Uh, so interact with us. Questions, comments, feedback. It could be an email, countrysmackdown at gmail.com or through the Facebook page. We're going to get on Twitter. It, some someday yes we're gonna get on twitter it's gonna happen so hit us up thanks so much for tuning in thanks mr baker for sitting with me on the episode listeners appreciate you guys so much always be on standby for the next episode of the number one country smackdown podcast where we'll have a number one country cat fight take care everybody bye-bye